A pleasure reading to you that I'm nine six in America and two fathers would to stand one word one nation under God and a vegetable instead of seeing just a zero. Alright, today is seventh of March. Me and Paul are now in Denver, heading up two twenty five to get to I-70 and 225 near the holiday DIA. What are you talking about? It's a granola bar. It's mostly peanut butter. It's been sitting in there about a month. It's fine, dude. It's edible. It's granola bar. Mostly, it's mostly peanut butter and peanuts. It's actually really good. Doesn't look like a whole lot, but it's good. Alright. So he's trying to... What is that? A Reese's? That's a Reese's Sweet and Salty Protein Bar.
a few more. I know at one point I had like three boxes of them in there. So, first casualty of the trip. Paul left his freaking soda on top of the car as we pulled away from the restaurant. <laughs> and he almost walked away with his, without his food at the restaurant. <laughs> now he's digging around for more granola bars in my car. And a cereal bar. Crunch. Yeah, he found a cereal bar. I have to fucking scavenge this car and feed myself for a week. Whatever. Hey, and if I had to piss, I got some tampons to do it in. You should... God damn it, I left those in there. We should grab those. God damn it. No, I'm pulling them out. No. Yes. You see what they do? I mean, I definitely know what they are. Steve might open one up to blow his nose or something. <laughs> I'm thinking... No. Are we the only two that's ever been married out of this group? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, maybe they wouldn't know what they are, but still. <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to have to lead the conclusion. This is kind of good, but kind of bad. Why don't you put that shit on the floor? Because I'll step on it. I'm going to put it in the back one for a situation. I thought you were going to mount it eventually. Have a barrier. Oh, yeah, well, I'm not that. I didn't realize Carly was that fucking huge. He's bigger than you. Yeah. I told you that. I know he was that fucking big. <laughs> I told you he was bigger than you. I thought he was like this little fucking guy put six chubby guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now everybody's in the car. You do a one-click... <laughs> put this in the uh, butt box. Lean up. Yeah. The lead. Not the, not the, not the, not the, if I get my hand on it. All right. Excellent. You got it? You play mental magic. You got it? You good? You guys good? Yeah, we're good. Right. What box? Okay. No. <laughs> not gonna happen. Move the fucking bag out of the way. I ain't got a pocket. I ain't got a pocket. Definitely not gonna happen. Ah! Alright. <laughs> it is, huh? I'm telling you. I'll tell you, it's not bad of an idea. It's not awful, actually. Uh, I'm not. My, my back's in red. Yeah, you guys have to rotate. Would it be better if Chris leaned like his vertical seat up? I did. Like, one more click would be perfect for him. Yeah. One more click would be perfect for Travis. I use the window action back Put your back part up. Oh. Alright. Oh. I guess I'll be doing that. Well, yeah. I guess I dumped the... And what? <laughs> no. We we had some maxi pads so out there for you. Doors are fucking pop up no. Hopefully not. I've never had that happen before. <laughs> it's locked. I, I would kill you. It's yeah, locked. If I live... Let's keep that locked. Okay. It's locked. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> You guys good with the, the air and everything? Alright. I don't know why you brought these books though. Damn it. What's the fish? Alright, so. Now we need to hit East High 70. Did you give me sleeves? True, but it's Wichita, so I don't know. Might be like the fifty. Might be like the fifty cent. Fifty. Hey, does anybody know what? What are you two playing? I'm playing Dredge. Are you Chris? I don't play Red. Oh, oh, two for two. We nailed them. 
This is what the fifth PTQ I've gone to with Red this, this season. You're playing Tron. I'd be impressed if, if Connolly did not play Battle of Woods. I'm not playing Battle of Woods. I think Connolly is playing the uh, Enduring Ideal deck. I'm not playing Enduring Ideal. It's a combo. I don't think combo is that like you need to make a U-turn right now. I don't think combo is all that. No, that's not what we do. That's the turn. That's the turn we have to make. Are you, Travis, are you still playing RP? Alright, which one of you guys got the Tron deck then? I'm still in a Tron deck back there. Okay. Chris, what is the one part of U-turn? Do you not understand it? What? Do not go this way. I said U-turn. Chris, I said U-turn. Chris is an idiot when it comes to direction. Whatever. Period. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Are we finals again? Are we finals again? I don't even say damn Alright, so what did I do? I didn't know how I missed that turn.
seven miles of springs to Wichita, yeah. Yeah, we're down to like right We're down to like 280 miles This is the 8th of March. We're on site. We had to park fucking half block away. Whatever well, the parking spot. I'm heading over to the store right now. Everybody else is already inside. Except for Travis, who's back there blazing nearby like a tool. We found this place after much much difficulty in, in directions from Brett. We got here. Now we'll find out how people are doing, what they think, and uh, how they enjoyed the uh, four persons in the back of the of the PG Cruiser Cannon of Sardines. Okay. Alright. Y'all feel good today? Right. Let me see what your side looks like. Aw, uh, I feel about as good as I can get down that main car. So awful. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like shit, but I'll still play good. It's true. It's true. You got to go to the stone face. What? Bradford about a single goddamn thing. So long as I live. I listened to Brett on this one. Brett talked to me. This. Paul did not call me and try to sell me on this nonsense. I called Brett. It's still Brett. And then Brett sold everyone else. You sold me on a lot of shit. This is the last time. It would be different if you were sitting in the back with us. You could not sit in the back with us. Instead of making fun of y'all sitting by sitting up front. Alright. I guess I should have seen that coming. Alright. In the first round, all five, all six of us in the car had won our first round. Um, mine was against Mirror Match, basically, except he had Courtney Dryas as well. Everybody else beat up, beat up their matches pretty quickly. I play against the Artifact Red Burn Deck, Spark Elementals, Mob Fanatics, lots of burn to the face. Uh, game one, he mulligans to five. I get turn two, turn one, uh, turn eight to turn two, Primal Glaive. So I can make him bigger. Push through some damage, push through some damage. He's down to two cards in the hand. I'm at five life. Uh, he's at seven life. Like, alright, I'll go sack my land with four 
It's of him, bring him down, tackle everything. He sends hands or scoops up on his cards. Game two, he goes turn one creature. I go turn one creature. He goes turn two land. Suspend Riftbolt. I go turn to Ten Street Land. One of the, the, the red, whatever the red, the red artifact, the ancient den or whatever it's called. The artifact land. He goes next turn land. Drops Sun Goblet. That's a pain in the ass. He ends up gaining something like 10 life over the course of the game because of the Sun Droplet. Maybe 12 life. But I keep pushing through damage with creatures over and over and over. He can't focus burn on me. And eventually I I burn him out and beat him down. Good. And now I'm sure you know after I beat two red decks. And a heartbeat deck. Because I beat Trav in the second round because he was running his heartbeat deck. I was able to push through stuff, even though we had counterbalance out game two. I was able to push through damage when I could, with times like when Top was on stack, or Bobby Darts and Great Bottom Masters, and locked him down where he had to spend his time and, and some playing wishes on the uh, momentary piece instead of being able to get a, to go get gifts. And that was good, so I was able to beat Trav. But it's not on 3 now. So, turn off good. Uh, at the end of the last round, Bradford was also 2-0. and We lost game one this round. Everybody else was 1-1 one one in the backseat. The, 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 the sardines in the back were all 1-1, one one, claiming there was no justice. Because <laughs> me and Green Bradford were in the front seat, 2-0, and they're all 1-1. One one. But we'll see soon. I know Trav got paired up against uh, Brett, so... Unfortunately, one of them is knocked out as a result of this. And Glenn is playing against Mirror Mansion this round. One of the other decks at the very top table is the Blue White Super Shan deck. Deadly Mages, etc. Also, looks like a jump deck. Affinity. Another jump deck. Another red, green, white necro deck, that's okay. Some zoo decks, uh, chocolate rain, and one next little blue and one red, more red red neck wins. My fourth round match was against Five Color Zoo. I made a mistake and he gave me a tribal flames to the face when I had the ability to kill a Tarmogot to play and block an Isamaru. In my hand, I was at, nine, I was at five life. He was at nine. It's like, uh, he tribal flames me off the top with no other cards in hand. It's like, ah, oh, he scooped. And then I was like, wait a minute, he never showed me the island. So I would have survived. I would have basically jump blocked me tomorrow, killed the Tarmogoy from my incinerate and Lava Mancer. And been at one life, but with a Meta Vault in play, I could have blocked it or drawn something to continue on. So I accidentally scooped game one, or prematurely. Game two, he, uh, 
it's a rough battle, except I eventually get um, some creatures he can't deal with. He flashes a Judy to me while shuffling the deck at one point. He does like eight damage or like nine damage himself with his own lands, and I was able to burn him out with a couple with a bunch of weenies. The only all the creatures I drew were um, martyrs, lava mancers, and uh, fanatics. And then game three, he uh, he mulligans. Draws seven a second time. I force him a mulligan again. He draws a bad five card hand, though he does draw three land. All of his cards that he drew off that hand were were either vindicate or burn. I go. I keep a, a, a six card hand with two meter walls and four spells, including a Magus of the Moon. I draw five straight land, but those four spells and those five lands were enough to beat him with with uh, Magus of the Moon and, and uh, Mog Fanatics. So, it's good. Now I'm sitting at 4-0, one more win to go. Alright. I turn my round five. Face against Ideal deck. Who was able to cast Ideal pretty much on his fourth turn in both games. On my third turn of the second game, I dropped a Magus of the Moon, which ended up blocking me out of green mana, like a dumbass. Because I'd never seen a Sackland or a green mana source until, like, three turns after, or about two turns after I dropped that. So, and of course he keeps in, he had multiple Dovescates main deck, and kept them in for game two against red deck. Because he was afraid of Flurry Pain. He was, played a, he was afraid of playing to get the red deck, so... Eh, yeah, that sucked. Bradford's battling in the game three right now. Oh, uh, no, 4-1. 4-1? Yeah. Yeah, I just lost the, the ideal. Which means ideal is going to be in the top eight, and that's a hard match for me. So... You gotta be doing better my career today. This... Horrible. Uh, yeah. Uh, two and three. Yeah. I'm like, that's not supposed to happen. That's the second format. Yeah. I still got a good shot. I just got to win one big game and I'm good. I'm in with one more win, so. Yeah. I think everybody came ready for drugs this way. Yeah. Like they had the extra fades for the late line and the sideboards waiting for us. Yeah. It's like five of us playing. My friend's playing Dredge right now. He's playing Game Three at four, uh, three and one right now. Playing in Game Three of this match round. So and of course Connolly. Uh, scoops up for Brett, putting Red possibly in contention for the play as well. Uh, him making the comeback with Tron. So I'm now 0 5 in PTQ matches, I think. Maybe 0 4 against Dex with Ideal in it. So. But I still got a shot. I just got to win this next round now. I'm forced to have to win this round or, or draw if I get faced against Bradford or, or Brett. Paul now has a second loss. Brett is next one and one as well. And I don't know what Glenn does. He's, I know he's next and two at least. It's not worse. And I'm now S and one. So 
I guess either help I get paired down against. Well, I wouldn't get paired down against Paul because it's too far down. So I guess I need to. Have to I'm gonna have to win. I have no doubt about that. I win this next round, or at least the draw if I can't.
a lava dart in response to the sack lane in play allowed me to put more damage on it to kill it before I got the counter. So, so the uh, physical fatigue is catching up to me because I'm feeling tired now. I did start that this last mat round. It's gotten up to me today. Feeling physically tired from all the driving yesterday and everything I'm going on today. So my, my judgment is probably not as clean as it was this morning. And I also I screwed up that and lost and blew that game by letting a crusher become an 18-18 and out of control. All right. Based on the tiebreakers, it looks like I got a 68 percenter. There's only two people at our X0 and one. A bunch of people like 10 at X1 and one. Or I mean uh, X1 and like uh, only two people X1 and one. So all the X2s may force the X1s to have to play. And since I got 68 percent, I'm looking good for that odd man in. All right. Seventh round of Swiss. Place against Affinity. Game one, he mulligans. Down to six. Has a very slow draw. I one for one him with my burn against some of those creatures he dropped, mostly lava darts on uh, one toughness dudes. Beat him down with a couple of creatures, get him down there, burn him out. Game two, he gets the perfect turn three fatal frenzy Atog draw. Kills me. It, with trample even enough to even my blockers can't stop it. <coughs> then game three, I get a couple of meter walls, a sack land, and a barbarian rings, and three ten street hooligans, and some burn and a curdate, and just keep pushing damage through with meter walls and uh, ten streets and keep them mana screwed pretty much. Um, the one creature he did put in play, I burned. And he just basically, like, he just could never catch up. Play the Smackdown and Affinity makes me feel a lot better. Now I've got the best tiebreakers of all the four and twos and hope that I'm either an eighth or ninth. Hopefully an eighth. Time's running out. Brandon's in game two, he won game one against the Smash. I'm playing slow as dirt. Basically, this kid doesn't know any better. But time just got called. If, if Brett can keep it going for about three more turns, he's going to force a win with the Tron deck. Break and get ready to play the top eight matches on these tables right here. Well, I, I mean, I was obviously going to do that. All right, but if, you, if you're not the top eight, I'm going to start handing out the prizes right now. Number one, 18 points, Adam Boyd. Number two, uh, with 17 points, Mark Hendrickson. Number three, with 17 points, Shane Houston. Number four, 16 points, Matt Hansen. Number five, with 16 points, Brad McLean. Number six, with 16 points, Luke Goodwin. Number seven, 16 points, Scott Lipp. And number eight, with 16 points, Paul Telkamp. Uh, ninth and tenth, also has 16 points, ninth, Evan Chada. Uh, number 10, Brett Piazza. Brett, you were just here. Brett. Number 11, Barry Kennedy. 
the funnel. Number 13. Oh, right? Is not equal to. It is. No, it's not. They're just giving out like a top load of boxes to like top four. Oh, they're not? Yes. When they got rid of the Enterprise, guys, they went to $25 and that's like $2,500. That is three boosters per person. Yeah. Figure it out. It's close to three boosters per person. And we had... We had like 80 something. We had like a million under 80. We're not long It's not enough. I don't think it's enough. It's up there. It's Alright, so Brett gets 10th, I get 12th. Hey, can I get a copy of the complete final standings? Well, I don't want to get it to you to walk off with. I want to go for the other one. Do you really want one? Take one of the pieces? For some reason? Well, I want to list three off, third middle. All right. Let's see, final standings. Brett had 10th place at, with 16 points. I had 12th place with 15 points. Travis had 19th place with 13 points. Paul had 24th place with 12 points. Connolly had 26th place with 12 points. Glenda had 25th place with 12 points. And yet again, Steve loses the ball in the ongoing. That's by design by one place. And it's a matter of percentages. I'm pretty sure it's completely illegal. I'm pretty sure it is. So the guy extirpates Steve, and he extirpates him. What was it for? It was a small piece. Yeah, and so so Steve's trying to copy his out. I've already figured out his house, but he's trying to figure out his house anyway. So he goes through and pulls out his small piece, and there's four of them sitting there. But Steve's, but Steve's like, can I go through and make sure you got them all? And they're like, sure. So Steve just looks through his deck. on He's being extirpated. And he looks through his own deck for the cards. Just to count how many out of the end for the judges standing there. He's like, sure. Pretty good. Well, and what's the difference between him just shuffling it then? Do you have beer? No, his own deck. You, you uh, can't look through your own deck and count what kind of ice cream without. If he got extirpated, he's going to get shuffling his own deck, right? No, the other guy would shuffle. He was cut, right? You can't look through No, you shuffle your own deck. You always, you always have the right to shuffle your own deck. Yeah. So you can always look through your own deck and start shuffling your own deck. I hate you, That's savage.
That's like the worst feeling in the world. And knowing that dunked off a match. The deck just didn't like me. I mean, I made small play mistakes, but nothing really cost me a match. The main reasons I lost was just not hitting the sideboard to counter the hate like I did in Denver. So I still think I'll play Dredge again, and I think I'm going to play Dredge again. You were playing Hellas both again, I won't lie. Oh, I know. He was, he was so pissed. I've seen him all the time with Ravager doing the same thing. I mean, yeah. I For me, all the time I'm making him back. You're a fucking uh, You're slow as hell, too, Travis. I'm definitely going to call a judge on you next time. You're definitely slow as hell, too. I will, I will always call a judge on Brett. There's a reason no. I took Brett down. You totally fucking donked that game against him. I completely dunked off a match. 
He completely went 4-0, and then all he had to do was win one more game. All they use one one. Oh yeah, there was that. That's like the worst feeling in the world. And knowing I dumped off a match. The deck just didn't like me. I mean, I made small play mistakes, but nothing really cost me a match. The main reasons I lost was just not being the sideboard to counter the hate like I did in Denver. So I still think I'll play Dredge again, and I think I'm going to play Dredge again. You were playing hell as well, again, I won't lie. You know, he, he was so pissed. I see, I see. 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 I I took Brett down. You totally fucking donked that game against him. If he didn't run in first, he would have never hit Oh, I know. Yeah, maybe. He would have hit the key. He drew both counters on my first. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, that was... I was being pissed when I watched that. I know. I was just messing with him most of the time. Like, I know. I was trying to put on some theatrics, but I was being pissed. I could tell. I could feel like heartbeat. Well, I knew he had a remand. I just didn't think he had another Connison. Or the Connison. The fourth one. The fourth Connison. He had the fourth Connison. It's probably the table, actually. It's probably the table. Yes, it is. No, they just wipe down this table with stuff right here. Yeah, it's just the table, dude. I'm fat. I'm promising my mess up in slightly more than yours. Yeah. No, no, no. We're not going to play. We're not going to play. No, that's... Y'all can argue about that in the car. Argue about what? Who's got some of your nuts? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get that that way. Hey, what was the point y'all think of this? Oh, yeah. That went through. Is that the podcast? Oh, it's on. Okay, so... I guess I guess we're podcasting for pile. I can't really hear him right now. There's a window. Man, that's gonna suck here in a minute. Yes, what we thought of the events. What we thought of the events of Wishtock Kansas PTQ? Yes. Probably the worst PTQ of all time. Agreed. Com- context, context. Yeah, comes Colin Woods. Agreed. Uh, Travis Spiro, let's make this all professional. Uh, former Vintage World Champion. How, how, how was your Wichita, Kansas beating you? Was it as awful as mine was? At least I didn't get any boulders coming through windows into my head on the trip. Yes, we can all be thankful for that. That's about it, though. So, somehow we all get hustled and it's cramming six people into a PT Cruiser. I'm not, I'm not even going to go into the details, but it's not pleasant. Average weight of the dudes, <laughs> 220 pounds. Yeah, big, big people, big people for the most part. Uh, Bradford pushes that average up to like 390, dude. I was giving Brett the benefit of the doubt of only weighing like 80 pounds. <laughs> yeah, not, uh, not the best. I'm surprised your car actually handled it, Wiley. All, all these dudes. This uh, gives me a little bit more respect for the the hauling power, power of the PT Cruiser. For sure. I'm also a gas mileage there, but... Someone else hold this. I'm not... I'm not Brent, thoughts on missing the top eight? By tiebreakers. By tiebreakers. Heartbreaking. A heartbreaking defeat. <laughs> no comment.
No comment from Brad. Not even, not even a screw Kansas, seriously? Seriously? I'm down with a screw Kansas. The only thing good in Kansas was Red Bull in the McDonald's. That was probably a good thing. They sold Red Bull in the McDonald's? Yeah, that is pretty good. And bottled Mountain Dew for no fair reason. They had, like, the fountain drink machine. Which is also had bottled Mountain Dew, yeah. Because they had, like, some Coke products for that.
Exactly. And my mind slippers. Yeah, and that's your man. My life from the law. Exactly. 
know about less explosion. Like you can, you can do but you can rip the ideal or the burning wish in the very ideal deck and just win right yeah, there. Definitely. If you rip a mind desire after they just fall through your hand, you can't move. It's true, but you don't win right there. It's the same with ideal. Like you have, they have four turns to come up with answers. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like the new Hater Raider decks, like there was like three Cowboys decks there. Yeah, they're all right. They're more Tommy beats Mommy. Proxy on. 
from the backside that you can see through the sleeves. And uh, round two, game two, is the first time anyone notices it, including myself, as it came up during shuffling, during final shuffling. And uh, it's really hard not to look suspicious and shady and like you're cheating when just one card out of your deck is, is marked, obviously. Uh, and uh, it's game two. It's like a cyborg card, presumably. So the judges were actually really cool about that. And I explained that I lent the entire deck to them. You know, I, no, I was lent the entire deck. I explained that back to them. And they went over and then I, they pulled Otwell out of his match and made him confirm, like, corroborate my story, basically, to save me from the game loss. And then I wandered around the PTQ yelling for a remand until I got it and sat back down at the time extension. It was uh, really, really weird. I don't know. Other than that, by the judges, the judging there was horrible. The judging and the... I think the judging on my remand thing was horrible as well. It probably was, I should have, I should have gotten a game loss at the least. Like, seriously. Like, no, seriously. Like, how do you let that slide? Like, oh, no, it worked out great for me. I, I love the ruling, personally. I just think it's probably a bad call. There's literally, like, a family, like, a dad and his wife was the tournament organizer. The dad was the head judge, and the kid was running around giving out matchlets. And that was effectively the entire event staff. It was pretty crappy. Luckily, the uh, tournament itself was run pretty smoothly and yeah, the uh, pretty uh, efficiently, sweet. and there wasn't a lot of lag in between rounds. And uh, yeah, a lot of space. The you know downtown Wichita is kind of trippy to check that that place out. You know. What's that? Oh yeah, parking was. Uh, they made us first. We park. We pull up to the store. You know, park out front. They're like, oh, you know, please, you know, go park in this lot nearby. So we're we're like fine, whatever. We go and park, and then, I don't know, what was it, lunch round, round two or whatever, they, they, somebody somebody says, oh, you guys can't park there now, got to move somewhere else, so it's like, okay, fine, we'll move somewhere else, so it's like, ah, that's cool, though, it was a pretty small town, and it didn't seem like they were quite expecting as many people that uh, showed up, so. Has that been the case for every PCQ that we've gone to this season? Hopefully that's a good sign that, uh... Magic is, is continuing to grow and, and gain popularity, and the tournament scene uh, is, you know, despite all the recent discussion about the, the you know, the new changes in, like, the pro levels and all that, um, hopefully it's not dying, and it's actually uh, going to continue to see an increase in numbers, and, and then maybe, hopefully, you know, hopefully we'll be able to start to hold more PTQs uh, in, in, in more cities and on more dates, and it's just better for everybody all around that point, so. Uh, Wizards and Coast employees or DCI representatives who might uh, listen to this. Uh, this is Denver, Colorado, uh, asking for another PTQ a season, please. So uh, we don't drive nine hours, cram six into a PT cruiser to play Wichita. Yeah, that would be awesome. At least one more. I mean, you know, I understand the logistics of of uh, how, you know, judges and whatever other issues might there might be, but uh, it seems like the way they've got it now, they're, they're pretty much spread out geographically, at least in the United States. They're, 
every you know uh, every given weekend that there are PTQs, um, they're they're spread out far enough uh, in the country to where there wouldn't necessarily be a lot of competition between. Except we do have that. We had like Salt Lake City and Lincoln, Nebraska. That's true. Chicago. Salt Lake City and Lincoln, Nebraska. Half the Colorado players went to Lincoln. Half of them went to uh, Salt Lake. So, if we, I mean, things like that are going to happen, I suppose. But um, as far as typically this, the best, this season was probably the best well-spread out one that we've ever had. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that was, I mean, I did notice that, and that was uh, nice and all, but it seemed like uh, maybe... Um, it's just three pros for us. Yeah, we yeah, have a lot more time to spread out the PTQ. That's Rather true. than having the ball in a PTQ per pro tour, we only have three pro Yeah, but they, they, I mean, they cut the uh, PTQ season, obviously, but they also extended each one longer. Um, to accommodate, like New York has a PTU like every three weeks or something, it seems like. Well, like, they, they extended the time out, but they didn't increase the number, though. No, no, but that's what I'm saying. It's like instead of having uh, a PTQ in Albuquerque, Salt Lake, and Lincoln all on the same day or weekend or whatever, they only had Lincoln and Salt Lake, and then Denver had its own, uh, and the Wichita, like, they were able to spread out the, the ones that are close uh, to different weeks, so that way we could at least travel to them. Yeah, and I, I think that brings back with, back to my point about um, wanting to keep them all spread out so that you're not... If, if you have two... If, if every city that would normally hold a PTQ always has one every week, then you're going to have, comp, you know, maybe potentially competition um, from people not wanting to drive around. But I don't know if that's a bad thing or not. Like, it would seem like it would be a good thing to have more PTQs, um, just, you know, simply because you'll have more, people, more players... Uh, you, you'll give more players opportunities to go and, and play. So, like, why would that be bad? But staggering them like they do seems good to, I mean, for other reasons, too, non-obvious reasons, like allowing the metagame an opportunity to kind of, like, react every, every uh, you know, two weeks or whatever it is. Um, is that, do we have them, like, every two weeks as a PTQ? Is there a break every week? It seemed like there's been a break. No, there wasn't. Like, we, uh, we went to Denver, then Lincoln, then Albuquerque, back to back to back. Were they really? Okay, so there were. And then yeah. there was Vegas the week after we didn't go to it because they uh, think it was a little too expensive. But so they do pretty much happen every week. See, okay. Amateur prizes, but they weren't going to because the amateur prizes 
Megatron, if Wizards replaced that with something else, I don't know what they would call it or what like what they would do, but they, if they replaced it with something like like there's just a whole bunch of prize support being taken out. And it was kind of weird this PTU season because the amateur prizes were lost in the middle of the season, so some of them were affected and some of them weren't. But for future PTU seasons, I think it'll make a pretty big deal. Yeah, but it's also unrestricted. 
That's true. It's unrestricted. I guess that gives it bonus points. And it was extended, so... It does cheat mana costs like a son of a gun. And it's sick with my favorite. But see, the thing about Tinker, not only does it cheat mana costs, it's a... It's well, a I mean, obviously Tinker's better than... You know, okay. so that's why it's, it's like double... When everyone just laughs at me when I show the treasure, I was like, if you're comparing it to a card, the obvious comparison is Tinker, and Tinker is one of the most broken cards of all time, so... Like, even if Treasure Treasure would be bad, you have to think there's potential. I would, I would actually, um... It's close to Welder, too. Yeah, I would say, if, if you want to compare it to, like, any single card, it'd be, like, there's probably some black card that's, like, sacrifice a creature to return a creature directly to play from your yard or something like that. Or something similar like that. <laughs> yeah, I called that. I didn't even know it, but I just assumed it, and sure enough, there was something like that. Hell's Caretaker, yeah, well, there you go, so... Yeah, but those guys would have so many singles. Good point. They're not, and they're, they're not spells. They're creatures. I guess creatures are spells, too, but something like that. Whatever. They're more fragile than spells. They have power and summons. So tomorrow we're playing in a vintage tournament. Box <laughs> tournament. Yes, we are thug life. We are on our way to a vintage tournament. It is 4 o'clock in the morning. We have a vintage tournament at 10 o'clock, and we're podcasting in the back of a box Pearl tournament down at uh, Black, Black Gold. They will not hear this before that occurs. They won't hear this for like eight weeks. Oh, yeah. Well, it's not the quickest for putting up his podcast. That's all right. Carl, Carl down at Black Gold. He's still putting up Albuquerque PTQ podcast from three weeks ago. Fair enough. Hollywoods. <laughs> Knows his his, uh, his podcast. I've, I've actually never listened to Chris's podcast. Is it any good? Um, it's decent. It's decent. It's got a. Uh, it's good for. The, I think it's good for Denver people to listen to just because it has a lot of inside stuff. Yeah, I did listen to a couple myself, and I agree that there's a lot of good stuff on there. But it's more meaningful to somebody like me who uh, doesn't like like content. A lot of inside references and uh, random names being thrown about in the middle of conversations that. Uh, People wouldn't necessarily know who, who uh, is being referenced in that conversation. So, like, uh, like badass here. Yeah, like badass. But I'll pretty much listen to any podcast that involves magic together. Yeah, so. there's, there's, there were lots of good, uh, you know, sound clips you could call them. I guess throughout the things. So, like that's one thing. There's lots of good uh, little nugget, nugget wisdoms in there. And I mean, of course, there's stuff you could generalize. Like when they when you break down regional matches and stuff like that. Like you can generalize that to the, the whole country. Like it, regardless of who you're playing against or what names you're dropping, like specific plays and things like that. For sure. Alright, fair enough. Travis, predictions for tomorrow. Type 1. Me making lots of misplays due to lack of sleep. <laughs> you're, you're playing Dredge, right? I don't know yet. Maybe. Or I might just sleep in and you're not come down around 1 or 2 and hang out for the rest of the day and go out dinner with you guys. Who knows what will happen. We'll see. Alright, so no predictions for, for any listeners. I have no clue, man. Pretty much everything. A little bit of everything. It's type 1, so, I mean, the good players are generally, generally going to play some sort of a net deck or some variant thereof. And always combo or control. There's always combo. There's always some stacks. There's always some random beatdown, like goblin fishy stuff. There's always some, uh, you know, it's, it's black gold. 
Probably be some old, you know, with Tyrone. This is the first vintage Sherman in the new black gold store. Yeah, that's true. After it's moved, so it should be exciting. Yeah. And uh, more, is there more people within driving distance to tur- uh, tournaments such as uh, Carl's tournament we're going to tomorrow? Uh, you guys should come. 15, 15 proxy. Box grill tournament for ten bucks. And then there's uh, some like dual lands and things like that. That is like second prizes. place, third place, and whatnot, depending on uh, you know who shows up and how many people. Like play. honestly, Enchanted Grounds gets a lot of uh, a lot of hype and stuff on these podcasts and on Jim's podcasts and stuff like that. And Enchanted Grounds is a cool place, but uh, everyone should also check out Black Gold. They just they just moved out. They have a, um, a lot stronger Type One community over there. It's pretty much the only place to play type competitive Type One in. Colorado that I know of, at least in the Denver area. Mile High occasionally will hold Type 1 events, but the Castle Rock hasn't hold, held a Type 1 event uh, uh, in years. Bill, are you talking about Bill's store? Yeah, Bill, Bill, Bill closed. Bill, Bill closed yeah. down? Well, Bill closed down two and a half years ago. Yeah, so it's been at least two and a half years yeah, since but, he's held And, and then every Saturday, Carl usually has uh, 16K standard tournaments that are free entry with uh, six packs for prizes, so like, if you ever yeah, I'm hurting on cash and you just want to play in a tournament, you show up there and you can win three packs for first if you he definitely does that. He also does, uh, occasionally he'll do, like, uh, sanctioned vintage tournaments with uh, free entry and then give away, like, hundreds, hundreds of dollars, yeah, yeah for, for the, the top standings just for free. He hasn't done that in a while, though. Uh, well, he hasn't done that in a while because... because of, like, when, when uh, Christmas time comes, he can't do any of that stuff. So usually uh, around Christmas time, there's a pretty big break. And not only that, we've been doing a lot of uh, proxy tournaments lately, and we've been having power that we've been... This is, like, the third or fourth power tournament that we've had, so we yeah. haven't done the cash ones because we've been doing power tournaments. And, we, and proxies. He didn't want to do, he uh, he didn't want to give away, for some reason he didn't want to do sanctioned um, tournaments with, like, uh, oh, I'm sorry, what am I trying to say? He didn't want to have proxy tournaments there and, and give away cash for some reason. So he only wanted to do sanctioned tournaments and give away cash. Um... But now that now that we're doing like power, people have been putting up power, and he actually has put up uh, this mox and uh, for, the, for the event tomorrow, the pearl for tomorrow. But basically, like you know, I guess for some reason he decided that he could get more people with proxy tournaments on station style and, and have power instead of giving away cash and, and all that, and actually charging people instead of having it be free. So yeah, it pays for the mocks. Yeah, it pays for the mocks, and he actually makes money instead of giving away money. So yeah, hopefully he makes money. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I think he has the past couple times. Yeah, so. we've, we've been having bigger tournaments. Yeah, we've been definitely getting more people coming uh, with with the proxy. Going. Obviously, it's hard for people to get power. So, but like fifteen proxies. Even, proxy even uh, anybody out there who's a new dimensions or whatever, fifteen proxies is a lot. Like, it's, yeah, you know, I mean, tomorrow. Yeah, I'm gonna play Icarid potentially tomorrow. It's pretty much the extended list with power. A couple pieces of power and Bazaar back there. Yeah, you can you can show up with some like definitely under fifteen proxies of Vandalions and some Duresses and stuff like that. Yeah, goblins. You could play. Goblins. I think. I think actually, like um, two or three events ago, goblins won. Uh, won the event twice in a row, back to back. Yeah. Goblins. The first goblins. one. The first one it won, and the second one I uh, I actually 
took second in. I was in the finals against it. And it was the exact same 60 List, cards. Yeah. Like, not just the same, not the same list, the actual physical cards that wow. won the previous one because he just handed the deck over to the guy. And he won two in a row. And, like, the most expensive card in the deck was Wasteland, but you could easily, or I guess it probably had, like, a Lotus and a Mox. But um, you could easily proxy those and just get some uh, proxy for your pile drivers, probably, and then throw a CK commander and some war sheets. Everything else is common and uncommon in the deck. Yeah, for sure. And it wins power, so. Yeah, and the guy, you know, Amongst good players, too. I mean, this isn't a screw. It was over. I think those tournaments were over 30 people. Yeah, Travis, Travis himself, the Vintage World Champion. Yeah, we got pl- uh, plenty of. Uh, Plenty of good magic type one players in that. Uh, those we have our own little nesting of uh, Team Mean Deck here, right? We have Bobby and uh, Lou and Jim. And Jim. Scott, oh, no, no, Scotty Limoges is just, uh, you know, Scotty Limoges is a great guy. Uh, one water Mary. We made Dragon good. Yeah, she put up a piece of power uh, like two Yeah, Scott gave ago. away a time lock. He gave away a time lock to put up for the thing, no charge for the tournament. And the tournament was free. He just said, here's a time lock, give it away to first place. And then he gave away all kinds of other prices throughout the day. Like Yeah, the that's actually what jump-started the whole proxy type one tournaments at Carl's because... Uh, yeah, for a while it was just going to be cash, and then Scott was like, all right, let's do uh, Originally he was going to charge, and it was just going to be proxy, you know, 10 bucks or whatever, play for a time walk. But then he decided uh, uh, that day, that morning, for whatever reason, Scott's like, I want to just give back to the community. Uh, it was, was what he told me, and he said, okay, no entry for you guys. Yeah, so and that was awesome. That's the one thing about vintage that a lot of... Uh like, all the standard and extended players, they, they look at Vintage like, oh, you know, broke in turn one place. But the thing they miss out on is the Vintage community is by far the most tight-knit community of any... Like, they literally have to sustain the game them, themselves. Like, Wizards doesn't do... There's no sanctioned Vintage anything besides the Vintage World Championships, which is once a year. There's no, you know, Pro Tours or Grand Prix and like that. So everything is literally run within the community, and they have to come up with, you know, power rules. And, like, uh, if you ever read, like, Stephen Menendian's articles or anything, like, the, the people that run the communities are also the ones like advocating banned or unbanning cards and stuff like they, they literally hold the, the community you know by, the, by themselves so like when you go to play in a tournament or whatever you'll, you'll play a game you'll have some fun during the game like everyone thinks it's all stressful it's not really stressful at all it's actually I find it a lot less stressful than like a standard tournament or whatever and you finish the game and you walk around and you just share stories and stuff like I don't know. I definitely think it's the most uh, relaxed format to play. When a lot of people are like, they see these three hundred dollar cards and they think it's going to be super nervous and tense the whole time, and it's really not. And that's true. Like one of the biggest perceptions of Type One that I always hear from people who don't play Type One is, "Oh man, every deck kills turn one all the time." Uh, I mean, you know, and it's uh, it's funny because there are decks that do that relatively often, but they usually don't win. Like it's not the norm. So I asked Dredge, but could win on turn one all the time, and they were not taking home first places for forever. Like combo decks, you know, long decks could could do it too, but yeah, like it doesn't happen all the time. There's stuff that keeps it in check. I it, I don't know. It'd be funny to to, to figure out a way to like. So I want to talk about experiences that got you hooked on certain formats. Uh, like today, I got hooked on extended a little late, but I got hooked on extended. Um, what got you hooked on vintage, Trav? Like, what was the tournament you played that you were like, man, vintage? I just uh, I've been playing Type One 
athletes, like, way back in the day, since I see pretty much, well, I don't know, fallen empires, so, I don't know, I really haven't, other than taking a break for a while, uh, for Magic in general, like, I never stopped playing Type 1, so, I, that's, yeah. No, but at what point did you become, like, really enthused? What? At what point did you become really enthused? Definitely playing back at uh, Adventures in Comics and Games out in Sacramento a long time ago. Um, I think what, if there was any one tournament that really got me, it was just uh, this one time I was playing, uh, it was, it was a, a, a modified version of uh, Bob Mars' Oath List way back in the day. That one with just Oath of Druids. And, uh, but I, I would Oath up two Spike Weavers my only creatures, and then I had treetop villages, and I would fog lock my opponents, and then uh, slowly build up counters on my treetop villages, and eventually swing with a huge treetop village, but the whole the whole thing on that tournament was uh, getting to the finals, and uh, almost beating like one of the best players at the store at the time, um, in, in a close three games, and uh, you know, it was, that was, you know, he was pretty much fully powered, and I didn't have, oh, I borrowed uh, an Ancestral Recall from a friend, and that was the only piece of power I had in the deck. But just getting to that point, like, beating other good players along the way with power and, you know, with my random, you know, basically extended Oath of Ruids deck at the time, I guess it was, I don't know, whatever, Bob Mars. Oath was I think it was like, extended. Yeah. I had, like, dual lands in there, I think, but um, not too much else. But yeah, that was a good tournament for me. But that was a long, long time ago. Like, yeah. I can't even remember what sets were legal, like, in Type 2 at the time. Conley, how about you? Uh, mine came, I played a lot of five-color back in the day. And uh, my vintage world actually came from a crossover from five-color. Like, a lot of people that played five-color were, uh, were also playing vintage and using a lot of the same cards and stuff like that. I was slowly accumulating older cards to use for five color, and then uh, found out about a tournament at Stonebridge Games in Longmont. Uh, they used to hold power tournaments back in the day, and like four or five of my friends were all driving up there, and I was like, sure, I'll go with, and they helped me build a deck. It was just like a mono blue deck with Morphins and stuff, like really old school, not very good, but it still had you know some powerful cards that you could use anywhere else. Um, and I showed up, I didn't do too well, I don't think, but it was just the fact that, like, you're sitting down and uh, your opponent's doing all this crazy stuff, and normally normally you would feel so helpless, but, you know, you have all these reaction cards that you can't play anywhere else, like Force of Will and Misdirection, things like that, and it really, I don't know, just just the, the difference from, like, uh, the reason I think newer players are scared of vintage is that it's so different than standard and they have this misconception about it and it is different than standard and, and extended and things like that but I think it's different in not like a bad way at all it's definitely I think one way one one thing to consider is like a, a, for a brand new player who's just getting into the game um the format is so slow I mean think about when when you were first playing magic cards like it was all about creatures and combat and, you know, drawing lots, you know, drawing cards and getting tons of mana on the table and you'd eventually, you and your buddy would have like 50 creatures in play each and then finally one of you guys would draw your one overrun or whatever you had in there and then win the game or whatever it might be. But like, 
if you're starting out on a level like that, and then you sit down across from somebody and they sit there and they win the game turn one or something, go play some crazy combo deck or whatever, and meanwhile your deck wins on like turn 15 at its earliest or whatever, you know, if you get a good draw, say, you know, like, uh, that that's kind of, um, what's the word, you know, for that? Yeah, don- I guess, yeah, that's kind of like not something that uh, a new player is going to appreciate. You know, he's, he, he's not going to sit there and go, oh, man, maybe some of them are going to, that's not true, I don't, don't want to overgeneralize. Some of them are going to be like, wow, that's really awesome, I want to build that deck. But other other players uh, might be a little uh, off-putting, you know, not sorry, discouraged or whatever. Yeah. So that could be one That could be one of the reasons why, um, and not to mention the price barrier. I mean, a lot of those decks that win turn one all the time, you know, require power or Passar or whatever expensive. There aren't too many budget budget type one decks that can win super fast like that. So, um, one advantage of playing vintage for like uh, extended and standard plays and things like that is it dramatically improves your gameplay. Like there, are, can, so, yeah. there are so many stack tricks in vintage that you don't see come up too often in extended and standard. But once you start playing with them often and seeing them, then you start incorporating them into your game for like limited and like things like that. And you just start. Yeah, it's true. It's a whole. It's a new perspective. Matt, type one exercise, just like limited exercises, um, different sets of skills. Type one exercises its own unique set of skills as well. So every format does, I think. The reason I actually started playing type one is because Menendian rec- recommended an article in Star City to become a better player. He talked about his turn one kills and his turn one ratio of kills with Grimlong uh, back when that deck was first coming out. So I proxied it off. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna learn how to play this deck and win turn one almost every time, like seven times out of ten. And I just did it, and I had devoted, I don't even want to say how many hours to goldfishing and playing against, like, my friends proxy up vintage decks. And uh, I took it up to that tournament uh, where I met you guys at, and uh, sure enough, my first turn win, my first game of vintage. I've been hooked ever since. And yeah, we're back, huh? Oh, do we? Are, are we? We're back! Uh, what time is it? 350. 350. So, four. Wow. I'll be prediction by an hour and ten minutes. Good time. I was, I was, uh, I was, uh, hoping it wouldn't be nine hours. Thank God. I was you want to try to settle up cards with these two? Yeah. Yeah. Alright,